Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leave the Pin In podcast. We are proud to broadcast on the Bring in the Heat podcast network. I'm your host, Dan. And as always, I've got my co-host back with me tonight, the man the USGA fears, Scott. Scott, what's the good word? Uh, what's going on, man? Uh, a little little downgrade from, from Jason Gore, but uh, I personally refuse to drop from knee height. So take that, Mike Davis, and... Uh, Suck it, USGA. What, <laughs> what height are you dropping from? I'm still going shoulder height. Okay, okay. I thought maybe you'd go like the complete opposite and just drop from like the ankle you know, and just place the ball wherever you want. You know what I might do? I might go like free throw style and just kind of like Ooh. toss it up, see what happens. See if you can, see if you can get a little backspin on it too? Mm. Or I'm just going to place. Fair enough, fair enough. Scotto knows what Scotto wants. The USGA cannot hold him down. You know, most of the time I play by myself anyway, so I make the rules. Understood. Understood. So, yeah, you referenced it. We had Jason Gore on the podcast last night. I thought it went fantastic. A really introspective guy. Gave some phenomenally deep answers that, that honestly, I wasn't expecting. It's listening gold. It kept me entertained all the way to work and all the way back home. Without a doubt, and that's episode four of Leave the Pin, and you can find that on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Um, just search for Bringing the Heat, and you'll see all the podcasts that Bringing the Heat produces. Uh, that includes Bringing the Heat itself, the flagship podcast, us, Leave the Pin In, and our new wrestling podcast that we have called Squash Match. So we're, we're diversifying, we're getting the word out there, and we're giving the people what they want, variety. So, Scott, we got a lot going on in a very short period of time in golf this week. Uh, big news today, our man, the cheesehead, Wisconsin's own Steve Stricker, named Ryder Cup captain. Uh, in all honesty, if they went with anyone else, there would have been riots in Sheboygan. Uh, nobody wants that. <laughs> so, congrats, Strick. Go get him. Yeah, I mean, you kind of got to have Wisconsin's favorite son as the captain the year that the Ryder Cup goes to Wisconsin. I, I wonder if they even considered anyone else. It's like, we're in Wisconsin. I'm going to go with gonna no. go with? Ah, Stricker. Uh, what about nope? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is, uh, as straight as a Ryder Cup course? Uh, you know, it'll be fine. I mean, as long as they can set it up in a way that's favorable to the U.S. team, then uh, let's go for it. <laughs> so by favorable, do you mean leaving DJ off so he doesn't penalize himself? Uh, ooh, yeah, um, there's that too. Um, I think they just need to stake out all the, the bunkers and everything. This way he knows that he can't ground the club. I completely yeah. forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a good point, right? Because you know he's making the team. Oh, yeah, no, he's, he'll be on the team. I mean, but... Who who knows? Maybe they uh, maybe they tab Bubba. Maybe Bubba starts playing well, and he I mean he's played great there as well. You know, you know what? it's a good course. I like I like it. I like the course on TV. I think it'll be a good course for Ryder Cup. Yeah, it should be. It definitely shows well on TV. Herb Kohler's done a great job out there. As long as you know, as well as with all of his courses. Someone someone from the Kohler um, family so- was on PGA Tour Radio this morning, and they were talking about how they're really excited to show it off. So. Okay. Well, that's, that's phenomenal because the more that they put into it, you know what I mean, the better it shows on TV. Yeah. So the PGA Tour this week decided, and I don't know if this is an idea that they've been kicking around for a while. The European Tour has done this for years. But the big news, and they used James Hahn dancing with uh, Varner to promote this, is they will allow players, PGA Tour players, in practice rounds and pro-ams to wear shorts. Uh, give me your thoughts on this, Scott. Oh, big deal? Do we not care? Is it relevant? Um, I, I think it's a, a, an idea whose time has come. I mean, if it's not competition, you know, 
Let them wear shorts. And honestly, if it is competition, let them wear shorts. Guys are out there playing golf. They should be comfortable. Sometimes it's really hot. You know, I mean, with the technical fabrics they wear and everything now, it, you know, it doesn't matter, but I, I, I'm cool with them wearing shorts. Yeah. I mean, the, the women are allowed to wear skirts. They're allowed to wear shorts in competition. So if we're all for equality, I mean, let the exactly. guys wear them. The only th- actually really interesting part of the story Tiger Woods is actually indirectly or directly responsible for caddies being allowed to wear shorts. You know this story? Yeah, because of Stevie. Yep, Stevie yes, I do. Stevie refused to change into pants one day, and they told him he wouldn't be caddying next year on tour. And Tiger said, well, I guess I'm playing in Europe. And uh, <laughs> maybe 30 seconds later, the PGA Tour said, you know what, caddies wear shorts. So That's a that's – a- boss move and and honestly maybe something that came to to bite him in the behind a few years later you know because stevie kind of stuck a knife in his back and uh well basically hit him over the head with a non-iron that that's pretty close to true um yeah Yeah. he's not quite as bad as hank haney and i'll I'll get there at some point but yeah he definitely yes i'm I'm sure definitely through through Tiger under the bus a little bit, or under the or under the. Escort. You know what I'm looking. Uh, true or into the fire hydrant, whatever, dude. Whatever you want to use, it's fine. Uh, this is what I want to see, Scott. All right, picture this: you get somebody like I don't know, maybe Bubba, maybe Ben Crane, someone with a decent personality, and they come out with shorts that met. Let's just say might be a little bit short of what the PGA Tour is calling normal length. Or you get a young guy, a JT, uh, maybe Anthony Kim makes a surprise return, and and they're wearing like late 90s, early 2000s University of Michigan style shorts to like mid-shin. Uh, some of those shorts you could probably fit two JTs in each leg. Um... <laughs> Two JTs and a half a uh, that that equals what yeah, a half a John exactly. Daly. It, you know, it, <laughs> when you mentioned Ben Crane, I hadn't thought about it, but he's got that like weird like golf boys. I'm gonna call it jumpsuit that he wears, which is it's like a wetsuit. <laughs> yeah. What if he just threw that on with like a you know a, a polo? Would would that count? You you think he wears that like out in public? Like you think that's the dude he uh, is? I think. To get another 15 minutes of fame, there's a good chance he would do that. I'm pretty sure he's playing this week in Puerto Rico. He is playing this week in Puerto Rico. Actually, interestingly enough, up until Ricky won his last tournament, um, he was not the golf boy with the the least amount of wins. Ricky Fowler was. Wow. Wow. That's a phenomenal stat. And Crane's got five tour wins. Good Lord. How many Splinter Mayhan have? That's insane. That's insane that Hunter Mayhan has that many. He went on a little tear there at Hmm. one point. Yeah, I I remember. I remember. And then then he hit the chip at the Ryder Cup, and it it literally destroyed his golf career. Unbelievable. Hey, speaking about Puerto Rico, Mexico, south of the border, we, we chose some picks last week. Let's go a little bit more in depth. Jason Gore just just literally lit a fire under me uh, to get this Puerto Rico open going. I'm all in this week on Puerto Rico. Forget mm-hmm. Chapultepec in Mexico. I'm in a I'm in on Puerto Rico this week. So I chose Webb Simpson. Right? Uh, Who did you for choose? The Mexico. Uh, Mark Leishman. Yes. Okay. So, in addition to Webb Simpson. Here's the two that I'm going to add for the World Golf Championship for Mexico. I'm going to tell you why. Webb Simpson, because that's who I said last week. No reason, right? He's just a, 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 an out-of-thin-air pick, and we know those guys can win. Anybody that, you know, can win. That was my Mark Leishman pick. He's just a yeah. guy who I thought was playing well. Right. I'm going to go with JT. JT all week has said nothing but this loss is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. I thought that was pretty Deep. Like, I thought that was pretty intense. Like, it's one tournament, dude. I think he takes all this anger that he's got built up 
towards you know Kentucky's finest slow boy and mm. wreaks havoc in Mexico. Almost as much havoc as Cooch wreaked in Mexico. Then I'm going to go with my third pick, Xander Shoffley. And I think Xander Shoffley is just going to come back on top and be like, you know what, guys? Everybody's been talking about everybody else for the past three, four weeks, but let's really look at who has been playing the best for the last three months. It's me. Let me show you why. I think he comes out and runs the tables. Uh, definitely could happen. Um, I, I, as you know, I picked him last week. Right. So he, he can, he's a guy who can win any time he's out there. Hands down, without a doubt. He's, he's uh, phenomenal and really coming into his own. He's no longer under the radar. Uh, not a guy who was on my list, but definitely not a bad pick. Um, JT was on my list. Um, he's got in the – they've only been down in Mexico now for two years. He's got a tied for fifth and a second down there, so that's a really good pick. Wow. Um, so I'm going to go with, uh, with, with two, two Brits. I'm going to go oh. Tommy Fleetwood. Okay. And Tyrrell Hatton. Ooh. I, I, you know what I love? Why I love Tyrrell Hatton? Because everyone calls him Tyrell or Terrell, <laughs> and he just gets pissed every time. Like, you think at this point in time, he'd be like, okay, everyone's going to mess my name up. I'm a British guy. I'll politely correct them. I, I, dude, I've seen so many videos where they're like, oh, Terrell Hatton. He's like, it's Tyrrell. Okay? Like this. Tyrrell. Yeah. He's British. That's the way they are. Um, so he's got a, a tenth and a, a, I think a third. Okay. So that's why I like him. And uh, Fleetwood's got a, a second and a fourteen. So. All right. So he's uh, he's up there. Uh, and I think I think he's due. Don't you think he's due? We haven't heard much about him. No, nah, it's been this it's year. been a quiet year for him. Very very quiet this year. I think. I don't know what he's done. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't. I don't think much, honestly. Um, unless he's doing stuff, you know, over in Europe, whatnot, you know, with the Saudi kings and and all that. But he hasn't done anything in the states at all. Um, and if I am basing my my picks on past performance, Marty Schmidt was not a good pick. But yeah, whatever, we'll see what happens. You got picks for for Puerto Rico because I'm all in. I'm all in. I do. I do. I do have picks. Um. You want to hear all Let's three in a back. row? Or Let's, you, you go one, I'll go this, one. Do yeah, because I don't care style. about the WGC this right. week. I told you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even watching. I'm all about Puerto Rico Open. I'm all in. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, so my, my first pick, and you're going to be like, really? Retief wow. Goosen. Hall of Famer Retief Goosen. Newly minted Hall of Famer uh, Retief Goosen. Yeah, he has a, like a sneaky good record at that tournament. So I'm going Retief number one. Uh, every time my wife sees Ernie Els, she yells "Goose" because <laughs> she used to think that was Retief Goosen. And then every time she tees, sees Retief Goosen, she yells "Goose." <laughs> so b- basically, any South African golfer, except for Gary Player. Oh well, that, that's he's he's the black the, knight, the man. All right, I, hey, I'm copping out. I'm giving you a cheap, easy answer right off the bat. We're going friend of the pod, Jason Gore, to win it. Uh, you have to. That's a, that's a good pick because he, he gave the podcast bump and he's you know, re-energized, week off from selling insurance, go out there, win. He also plays great in February in Central and South American courses. Last February, at the same time, he finished second at the Country Club de Bogota in Lagos, Bogota, Colombia. Okay. So the man knows how to play in the rainforests. Uh, I'm down. He told a great rainforest story, too, and how it affects the course on yesterday's pod. Yeah, he definitely did. That was the story with the wind. I thought, I, you know, it's interesting. You know what I mean? You're sitting like in a valley and there's yeah. a rainforest above your golf course. And whichever way the wind shifts, that's if you're going to get rained on or not. Yeah, you never know. You never know which way the wind's going to go. No. 
All right, so go ahead. Who's so you got Retief? Um, I've got Jason Gore. Uh, so who's your second? Uh, they did not play a full tournament last year, but they did play a pro am. Uh, do you know who won the pro am? Uh, I mean, you could put a gun to my head, and I wouldn't know. I I, I didn't think so. So the uh, the winners of the pro am were Cheyenne Woods mm. and George McNeil. George McNeil, you're picking him. I'm picking George McNeil to defend <laughs> his, his championship. So now, technically, DA Points was the last winner of the Puerto Rico Open. So, do you think DA Points is more deserving of defending champ or George McNeil? Uh, hmm. I mean, technically, DA Points because it was actual, you know, four rounds, four round competition, right? But uh, I feel like George McNeil's got a little chip on his shoulder because of that. Okay. Done. So George McNeil for the win. I'm going with Matt Every. The, the uh, unsavory actions of Matt Every, I think, are more allowed down in Puerto Rico. Mm. Matt Every also finished tied 14th at Pebble two weeks ago. That's so he's coming in. He's coming in with a little bit of form right now. And then who's your last? Uh, so my my last pick, and again, probably not entirely on form, and definitely not a a great record down there. But former U.S. Open champion Graham McDowell. Okay. Just for name recognition. But, uh, one of the biggest names in the field. I got no. I got no other reason. <laughs> probably the. Biggest name next to Rakit next to Retief in the field, honestly. Uh, well, there's a bunch of former major winners in there. I had it open before. I was like, oh wow, that guy's playing. That guy's playing. It's, it's kind of it's kind of a who's who of early 2000 PGA Tour golf. Yeah, yeah. Which is what you know. That's what you normally get with an opposite field event. It, exactly. You know, and you have no web tour event. Web's off for a month. Um. So you get those guys down in Puerto Rico battling now. It's a small purse, three million dollar purse. You know, winner take is like five sixty, or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, still three hundred FedEx Cups points. So that's that's pretty big. Yeah, and that that's significant for a lot of these guys too. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. All right, I'm going with our man that doesn't wear a hat. I'm going with the the mop top, Ollie Schneider Jans. Uh, and he was definitely on I'm, my list. Good pick. Yeah. And I'm taking him as part of a tag team because oh. you know he doesn't work alone, Scotto. He is taking along with him our man, Damon Green, the one who literally was the catalyst for this entire Kucha, Kucha, excuse me, dilemma. Mm-hmm. Right? The reason why Kucha got on everyone's radar is because Damon Green just couldn't do his job. He got dehydrated. So Matt Kuchar's wife had to then go and help out Zach Johnson. And then all hell breaks loose mm. in Mexico. That's, that's good. Yeah. I mean, interesting reason for, for picking him. I like it. I'm going to give you a reason why I don't want him to win. Uh, do tell. Because if he wins, he will make a lot of birdies. And I don't like when Damon Green dances. Very, very good observation. Oh, it just, I don't know if you knew this, but, but Bryson's in the field in Puerto Rico. Bryson Nimmer. <laughs> Who is that? I have no idea. Scott, I was about to just come back with, dude, you're looking at last year's. He finished second last year. You're looking yeah. at 2018. <laughs> Bryson Nimmer? Bryson Nimmer. Okay, this this could be a name in Sunday's Stump the Amateur. It really could be. Um, because Bryce, you got me. Bryson, I don't even think Bryson Nimmer's a, a pro at this point yet. He's still on the Clemson Athletics um, website. So maybe he got a sponsor's exemption. Yeah, as of fall, very as weird of, sponsor. As of the no. fall season last year, he was still at Clemson. Hmm, that's something. Bryson Nimmer. Maybe I should change my pick. 
Oh yeah, he's still he's on the World Golf Amateurs. He's the 29th ranked amateur in the world right now. Oh, 32nd ranked amateur in the world right now. Okay. Hey, something else coming out of today's news. Did you see or hear about Tiger's press conference? Uh, I did not. So what happened? <laughs> the WGC at Chapultepec and the PGA, store, PGA Tour say that Tiger alone entering this field has increased their ticket sales tenfold. The press have asked for so many passes to his press conference that they couldn't hold it on the course. They shifted it to another building on site that could hold that many people for just his press conference. (laughs) I put out a tweet earlier today just saying, like, if you don't think this man is still the most important thing in golf, this is all you need to know right here. Uh, Yeah, no. There's guys who are popular, and then there's, there's Tiger. Yeah. It's insane. Crazy. Jason Gore made a good point last night, Scotto. He was talking about how the fans are really the most important thing, how you need to treat them with respect, how you need to engage with them, how you need to be an entertainer. And he said one of the biggest things he loves to do is if he sees a kid or something like that or with their parents or even like a group of dudes hanging out for a bachelor party, like he'll go up to them and be like, hey, you guys having a good time today? You know, everything's good, like – you know, has the food and stuff. Just those little mm-hmm. things here and there in between holes. Um, the interaction that you don't get at another professional event. And you and I have been to a ton. I mean, more than I can actually remember or count, <clears throat> excuse me, of golf tournaments. And I thought, you know what? You and I have had so many of those interactions with players that you would expect, with players that you would not expect, and just some real cool stuff. Uh, if you were a tour pro and you're on the course, how would you interact with people? Would you be like a tiger who just is in his own world or what would you do? So I actually play better when I'm, I'm having conversations with people. Um, Mm -hmm. so whether that's, you know, just my caddy or whoever's floating around, um, that, that's kind of what gets me more motivated than just going out playing by myself and not really you know talking to anyone but just being really quiet i mean obviously it's situational sometimes you need to kind of just get in a zone and not talk to people but uh i definitely one have enjoyed the interaction i've had with pros uh at tournaments so i think that i would try to interact with the the gallery as much as i i could and still keep focus on my game yeah, I like your point on it being situational because honestly, like if I was coming down the final stretch of a major, um, I don't know if I'd be hamming it up with people in the crowd, you know? Yeah, maybe if you had like a, a five-shot lead, <laughs> but yeah, no. If it's, a, if it's close, if you got to make a number, then then no. Yeah, but I think for the most part, like – I mean, I'd put my caddy to work. I'd put like five dozen balls in there, have them already signed. I'd be launching them into the crowd. I mean, I just think – I think other players might get pissed playing with me, you know, but I would definitely be so appreciative of the opportunity that's given that I would just kind of go all out because the sponsors give you everything. So, like, I'd give kids my putter at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> My caddy would be like, man, look, uh, you looped for me at Kapaloo. I know it's a tough walk. Uh, why don't you give, your, give the whole bag to that dude over there? What, what, what do you mean the whole bag? Nah, just give it to him. Sponsors will give me more. <laughs> I think I would just give away everything. Uh, you just get to get some new clubs every, every week, every round. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, waste not, want not, right? I think at some point... You know, the good people at Callaway or TaylorMade would just be like, um, we can't keep doing this. <laughs> Maybe every fourth tournament or something, but not every time you go out. All right, so I'd have to dial it back a bit. But, I mean, I would, if I was waiting for a dude, because you know I like to play fast, you like to play fast. If I was playing with a J.B. Holmes, I'd walk off and go grab a hot dog with the people on the side, you know, for a bit. 
I could probably yeah. get a, I could probably watch them unwrap the hot dog, cook it, serve it up the way I like it, eat it, chat with people, and then JB would probably just be done plumb bobbing at that point. At last year's Northern Trust, uh, at the one of the practice rounds, I think it was Kyle Stanley was drinking a lemonade, and I was watching him and Tiger and Zach Johnson play, and he hit the ball kind of over in my direction, and he walked by and he was just like, "How's that lemonade?" <laughs> I'm like, "Pretty good." Want one? <laughs> he thought about it, but but then he's, he just you know, threw up a hand and said, you know, thanks. Yeah. Kept walking. Yeah. Those, um, those, those are the cool interactions that you don't see on TV. I, I think he was more worried that if I got him that lemonade, then Tiger and, and Zach would be wanting to know where their lemonade was. And now all of a sudden I'm on the hook for all this lemonade. Yeah. And I mean, who's got that type of money, right? You're not yeah, sponsored and- by Minute Maid. Yeah, exactly. And, and in, in that group, uh, you know, Kyle, Kyle Stanley needs someone to buy him lemonade. Yes. Yeah, he's not the attraction. No, not at all. Uh, so we got a, you know, it's a special podcast. We're doing this because we've got a snow day again. Um, it's snow, days, snow days bring out the, the best in our podcast abilities. I think they do. <laughs> snow days have, are directly responsible for the amount of content we have been creating the last few weeks or so. So I thought it would be good because I've been telling some of these stories for years and I know you have too and, and people always ask. And it, it's, a, it's a great kind of just talk and it's a great listen um, I would like to go into, Scott, some of the best golf stories you have, or the best golf story you have, and then I would like to tell one as well, which coincidentally involves you. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, most of my good golf stories do involve you, like there's a pizza driver guy, <laughs> uh, who I, I forget which Callaway driver it was, I think it was the FTI uh, which was square and the, uh, the yeah, guy. either that or the, it was it was that or the ERC. Yeah, it was one of the. I think I had both. Okay. Um, so we, I forget what course we were at, but guy drives by in his cart and he goes, <laughs> "Driver looks like a pizza box on a stick." <laughs> um, I think you and I joked about that until I got rid of that driver. That um, was back in the day when the companies decided that making a square-headed driver would be a good idea. The Nike Sumo, <laughs> the Callaway. Yes. Uh, you know what? It might have actually been the – I had the, the Nike – a square Nike one at one point too. So I'm not sure which one it was, but um, yeah, though, whatever. Those, those didn't really work for me. They – for whatever reason, I could swing it as hard as I wanted – and the thing would only go like 180 yards. Yes. Yes. It just, it sucked out all of the, the pop from all the power from my drives. That's because of all the cheese inside. It's very absorbent. Uh, yeah. The cardboard, the cardboard from the box, it just cushions everything. Yeah. Um, so I thought about that one. I thought about um, the round that you and I played in a, a hurricane. Yeah. That was tough. Were, were you going to tell that story or? I, I, I wasn't. That's that's not the round I was thinking of. I was going to talk about that last week. Yeah, we, about we skipped rain. it. I didn't know if you maybe wanted to talk about it this week. But basically, we signed up to play around. The guy warned us, like, hey, listen, it's pretty bad out. Why don't you wait? Because you can't get a refund. And we're just like, eh, we'll go anyway. And by, like, the fourth hole, um, it was downpouring. And I think you helicoptered your driver – 160 yards because it was just the grip was so wet yeah and that's not on purpose like that was not because of anger or rage i took a normal swing it went flying the lightning started hitting scott and i were hunkered amongst a group of trees for about 40 minutes under umbrellas hoping it would pass and then the ranger comes out and goes what hole are y'all on and we were like uh four he's like oh good because if you got to six we couldn't give you a refund. Meanwhile, we were on like seven or eight or something like that. I, I think we kept playing. I believe we finished. We've, we've, we've definitely played in conditions that golf should not be played in. Yeah. But that, the, neither of those are my story. 
My, oh, my, good lord. My favorite golf story, and I'm going to take you way back to our Long Island days. Okay. Again, you were not at this round, but it took place at Candiac Park. Okay, that's where I learned to play golf. Where I was, and I'm going to tell the story of how I got into golf one day, but it's a long one. Well, but that's where I was tricked into playing golf. So, very similar situation. Um, my buddy Mike, not really a golfer, <laughs> big dude, really good athlete, um, decided at one point he wanted to learn how to play golf. So, after about a week of going to the range with him, I got tired of taking him to the range. So, I took him to Candiac Park. I said, you and I are going to play a round of golf here. This is where I learned how to play. You're going to be all right. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. Um, we got to the second hole, and I thought to myself, self, this is a terrible idea. Because <laughs> not only was – and he was hitting good shots. He just had no idea how to act appropriately on a golf course. And I, I don't think he really understood how to putt. Like, you don't have to take a full swing with a putter. Um, whatever we get through the first five holes and there, if you remember, um, after the fifth hole, you kind of like take a, make a turn. Yep. So I considered just being like, you know what? We had a good five holes. Let's, let's go out to the car. But I decided, you know what? Let's keep playing. There's a few holes left. It's going to be fine. Now, I don't know if you remember the sixth hole. It's the longest hole in the course. It checks in at 272. It's, yep, I it's know it. uphill. I don't think he had hit a drive off of the ground the entire time. So guys are, you know, done in the fairway. They're walking up towards the green. I go, Mike, go for it. Tee off. Mike's like 6'4". If he catches a ball, it's going to fly. He caught this one. <laughs> over their heads onto the back of the green. Guys are looking at us. They're yelling. They are not happy. And I'm just like, of course. Guy hasn't hit a single good shot all day. Carries the green. What did he end up making on that hole? 16. I'm not even joking. It definitely wasn't a 16, but he, he definitely, and again, that green I, slopes strangely severely back to front. Yeah, it So does. he putted it, well, he chipped it off the green, over, you know, over the green, then over it again, then onto the back of it, then he putted it off. Yeah, it's probably, probably, probably double digits. That's fantastic. I'm sure those guys were none too happy seeing a ball fly over the heads and you know growing up and playing golf on Long Island that it is just packed expect a three and a half hour round for nine a six hour round for 18 I mean it's just people everywhere wall-to-wall people well and the the really awkward thing about it is because you that seventh hole there's always a backup there with like three groups yep. so now not only do we hit up on these guys now we go hang out with them for the next half hour while a, a right. bunch of hackers <laughs> try and hit the green on the next hole. That's a good story, Scato. It's a solid story. I'm going to try to do you one better. I want to take you back to another Long Island icon. Not even a Long Island icon. A national icon in Bethpage Black. A two-time U.S. Open course. A future PGA Champion course. A future Ryder Cup course. A course that you and I grew up sleigh riding on. Mm. A course that we played what I will say would be a little bit too early in our golfing career. Oh, yeah. No, we had no business being out there. There was a sign, if people don't know, on the black course that says, the black course is for highly skilled golfers. This is a very difficult golf course, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Only play if your ability allows yeah. it, stuff like if that. If you don't know what it looks like, just tune into the PGA Championship because it will be on TV. Nonstop. They'll Constantly. show it every day. Every day. And they have replicas of it. They sell replicas. I have my putter now. cover has it on there. Yep. It's become kind of so iconic. So Scott and I snag a tee time. Back in the day, 
it's going for like 45 bucks. So we pull up early in the morning, get in what they call the bakery line, which is a line of cars. We're like the third in line. A guy gives you a ticket like you would get it was like at a deli or a bakery. You get your – yes, yeah. You get your ticket. You go up. They give you a tea time for later in the day. So Scott and I get a tea time. It was around 11 o'clock yeah, or so, right? Yeah, it wasn't crazy late. We, yeah, because yeah, we went yeah. out to, to breakfast after and then came back. Chip putted. We're ready to go. Two guys pull up to play with us because you're never playing less than a foursome nope. on Long Island. And these guys have caddies. And the starter says to us, um, you boys playing the black course today. And we're like, oh, hell yeah, we are. He goes, uh, you know this is a difficult course, right? And we're like, yep. And he goes, uh, you got handicaps? And we're like, yep, and they're low. That's a little, that was a little exaggeration at the time. Yeah. We were stretching the truth. A, a, a little bit. A bit. So we go and we tee off and, you know, we didn't hit the fairway in the first hole. But we play quick. And the other guys were playing with, I don't remember much about them, but they weren't like too personable. They were more into what they were doing. I'm sure they were guys with a ton of money and whatnot. And we're just two scrappy kids, you know, from the island playing public golf because let's admit it, it's a public course. One guy was all right. The other guy was kind of a jerk. He was a bit of a jerk. And, and he factors heavily into the story. So there's an old unspoken rule of golf. And it kind of goes like this. I'm going to keep it clean. It goes that if you are hitting from the men's tees and you do not hit it past the forward tees or the lady tees, you are supposed to pull out your uh, driver from your pants and walk to where the ball would be and hit it like that. Is that a good way of putting yes, it? Yes. Excellent way of putting okay. it. Uh, you know, we got to we, – we're, we're just like Wu-Tang, Scott, we're for the children. Ah, very much so. So there was a hole where, no joke, from the tees we were playing, the women's tees were about 150 yards ahead of us. Yes. There was a big ravine. I can't remember what hole. It was an enormous ravine. Uh, Scott I can, I can visualize play. it. I just don't remember what hole it is. Yeah. Scott tends to play a bit of a fade, and he took it a tad bit far out to the left, and it clipped a branch and didn't clear the women's tees. So as Scott is about to re-tee, this other guy who was a jerk in our group starts to get extremely loud. What are you doing? You can't hit another one. You got to pull yo out right now. Pull it out. I want to see that pulled out. Y'all got to walk to your ball with it hanging out. Now, Scott and I are kind of looking at each other going, man, this guy is really hard up to notice Scott's driver. And it's a bit disconcerting. It's a, a bit off-putting. The other guy in our group is keeping completely silent and has now walked about 100 yards ahead of us. And so we keep walking to where his ball is about to drop. And the guy did not let up for about two minutes. And he was adamant that he wanted to see Scott pull that out his pants right now. Needless to say, we didn't have to go that far. We kept it suitable for work environment, and Scott just dropped one and moved on. I actually think I, I actually think <laughs> I found it, because um, it it didn't go into the tr- it went into the trees, but it kicked out because uh, right it hit the branch, yeah, and I remember power, it dropped power fade. Uh, so I'm yeah. pretty sure I actually played it as it, it lied, but yeah, um, none of what Dan just said is an exaggeration, though. And obviously, playing a course like that, you'll have a ton of memories. I mean, like, I remember your birdie on the par three that you drained from, like, 45 feet. Like, I remember going no, nuts that was a for that. Par. The, oh, the that was a par. The birdie, I literally almost got a hole-in-one on. <clears throat> oh, was, on the par yeah, three. Okay. 14. Yes, because that's the hole where I blew it left and then almost hold my chip yes. out. yes. You you made par, I made birdie. Uh, I think, right. Yeah. But, now, and people, mind you, this is 23 years yes. ago this occurred. Okay? And we can still recall 
events from the round. So, you know, you play a course like that, you've got these memories and you remember not everything, but like I remember my first drive. I remember putting out an 18. I remember a few shots here or there. But then you also get um, some events that are almost non-golf related that stick with you just as much. Very true. <laughs> so that's I, I, I like that, Scott. That was a, a little bit of a trip down memory lane and those were – those are two good ones. I remember you telling me that Mike story. Yeah, and you know what the crazy thing is? It happened again, not obviously at Canada because I won't go there again. Um, it was one of the courses down in New York City. I, I met Mike there. He took like a, a city bus to get there. Mike lives in Manhattan. And right. we were playing with these two like 16-year-old Chinese kids. And... He's just like, I, I, I can hit. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't think you can. And he hit and, again, should not have hit. It was a very short par four. And he hit it on the green while three guys were putting. That's when you just throw your hands up and say, my bad, I've never done that before in my life. Exactly. Only in his case, he'd be lying because it happened before. <laughs> yeah. Hey, real, real quick, um, I've been chatting with this dude on Instagram, and he's hilarious, and he bills himself as the rapping golfer, and I thought it was BS, and the dude cracks me up, and his name is going to crack you up. <laughs> his name his name is Rory Blackleroy. That's the greatest Instagram handle <laughs> in the history of Instagram handles. So it's, it's Rory underscore B-L-A-K. L-R-O-Y golf. Rory Blackleroy golf. And the dude literally makes these golf rap videos, but he's actually a good rapper. Like it's not it, it's not golf boys style stuff or like Jake Trout and, and, and whatever that's called, you know, that have done golf songs before. Uh, it's it's hilarious. And he just asked me, he goes, you, you host a podcast? I said, yeah. I said, I'm actually recording right now. So I told him I would give him a shout out. That's Rory Blackleroy on Instagram. That's hilarious. Uh, Scotto, Go. I noticed that some of the sponsors in golf, this is a crazy transition, some of the sponsors in golf are starting to get out of hand. They are sponsors that you would not associate with golfers, Right. What type of sponsors do you associate uh, golf with golfers, Scott? Um, luxury automobiles, you know, nice, nice sure. golf shoes, that stuff. Clo- right, maybe a property management firm. Yeah. Investment, maybe, investment firms. Uh, right, yep, maybe uh, – exactly, exactly. Okay, good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I, let me ask you this first. What – if you had to pick two companies to sponsor you, what companies uh, would you Chick-fil-A. choose? Chick-fil-A. Oh, uh, just, damn. I, just That's I'm a phenomenal. big fan, and I, I just, uh, it would be awesome to just walk in there and be like, yep, uh, I'm that guy. Uh, hook me up with some Chick fil A. Um, and then I like uh, I'd probably go Ping because I'm a, I'm a, I'm okay, a Ping guy. You, so. You're definitely a Ping guy. Yep. I would, I would go with, I'm going to, I had different ones, and now you make me change. I'm going to go with the Chess and Hadley route. And oh, be sponsored okay. by Bojangles. Because Bojangles is hands down my favorite eatery in the world. There is nothing that is more south to me than Bojangles. Uh, that's good stuff. And I'm all about that. Then, <clears throat> I'm going to be a golf company free agent. I'm going to be a club free agent. But I would like to be sponsored uh, by Polo. Yep, that's, that doesn't surprise me. Because I would save so much money if they just gave me their clothes. Yep. I mean, that's, that's your style. And what else do you need? I've got, yeah, I've got clothing and I've got food. And, and you know what I got? I got a best friend that's sponsored by Ping yeah, who's uh, going to give me his clothes anyway. You know? So we're good. What are some of the worst sponsors you've seen on Tour Pros? I've got um, a few. The one that, that really jumps out at me, uh, and remember when Ben Curtis was sponsored by the NFL? Yes. Yes. 
And he, yes. Hey, also, though, also, Scott, who else was sponsored by the NFL? Payne Stewart, but for some reason it, yes. it worked on him and did not yes. work on Ben Curtis. 100%. I actually have a, a, it was a football card, but it's Payne Stewart because he was sponsored by the NFL. Uh, what outfit was he wearing? Like what team? I had to be, I, I'm going to say Packers because I'm pretty sure okay. it's green and yellow. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Ben Curtis, um, it, it did not work well. He was a Bears fan, I believe. Or he was from Chicago because most of his outfits were Chicago Bear related. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he, he wore the local team one day and then Bear stuff the rest of it. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, a old one which a lot of people are not gonna remember, and then I'm gonna give you more of a topical one. DA points who we talked about earlier in the pod, who actually won the Puerto Rico Open not last year because of the hurricane, but the year before the the true defending champ, DA points, was sponsored by Lego. He, he wore a belt. Yes, he had a belt that's that said Lego. Yeah, I think it might have been actually made out of Legos. I I really need someone from his camp to just enlighten me as to why that worked on a golf course. I mean, obviously, Lego wanted to pay him because these guys aren't wearing stuff for free. But who within the Lego organization thought, hey, you know what's a good idea? Let's spread to golf. That's our target audience, golf. Yeah. And then it's like, well, who, who should we get? Well, let's try Tiger. Uh, he's got an exclusive deal with Nike. Uh, how about DA points? Who? Exactly. They went with the points. You got to take the points whenever you can, Scott. You got anybody else? I, I, I do. Um, well, the, I have two more. Okay. The the first one, and it, it there's a bunch of guys. Uh, the Mutual of Omaha logo, which I, it's like their logo, and uh, not that it's a bad sponsor because it, it kind of makes sense, but it's just Mutual of Omaha in Times New Roman. Yes. There's very little, very little thought went into it. Just a giant word block of their name. So that's one, number one. The other one, and I'm kind of torn on this because it is kind of cool, but I'm going to go with Kevin Nas, like weird cartoon devil guy. Okay. Um, which is for a Korean clothing company called WAAC, um, which stands for Win at All Costs, which is kind of cool, but the, the cartoon devil guy looks like a Pokemon. So the acronym for his company that sponsors him is it WAC. It is, in fact, WAC. Um, <laughs> okay. And, and, I'm just making sure I got that even right. even that's written in, like, a cartoonish font. I actually thought it was for some, like, like Nintendo video game. But it, right? it, it's a Korean clothing company. It, it okay, really so looks like a Pokemon. Me. You are my go-to Kevin Na expert now. Why does Kevin Na always wear a Yankees cap? Is he Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit back in the early 2000s? Um, no, because it's not backwards in red, so... Is he an enormous New York Yankees fan that he can forego a million plus a year for that logo to wear a Yankees cap? It's hmm. a good question. It's a great question. Again, answers just like DA points or De points Lego belt. I need to know. I'm gonna give my last one, Scott. And I love this company, but I don't get its relation to golf. I want to know why Monster Energy and Monster Energy Drinks sponsors the likes of hmm, Eldrick Taunt Woods and Hunter Mayhan. When we know for a fact that these guys are not drinking a highly caffeinated drink on the course, which would literally completely destroy mm. their putting on the course. 
and they're giving them a water bottle, which is obviously filled with probably amino acids or um, some type of coconut water or plain water or Gatorade or something like that in a monster water bottle. We know it's not monster in there. Well, how about Jim Where's Fury that with five-hour energy? Yes, same thing. Those companies are sending their message to, I believe, the wrong people. I mean, I don't know, aside from the waste management Phoenix Open, too many dudes in the stands are knocking back hmm. monsters cheering on Tiger. I know they're not doing it to cheer on Hunter Mayhem. Definitely not. Hmm. There's a few weird ones out there. And next time you're at a tour event or you're watching on TV, just take a look at, at who these guys are sponsored by. Sometimes it's just – sometimes it's so streamlined and smooth like a dude like JT, Titleist, and Polo. So he looks good head to toe, Titleist cap, Titleist shoes, Titleist clubs, glove, and everything else is Polo, right? It's a classic look. And then you got some guys a la Lee Westwood that look like NASCAR drivers. Uh I also very very on brand Lee Westwood, sponsored by UPS, and definitely wears the brown. The only thing is, he hasn't delivered as of late. True, or in a major ever. Correct, correct. Uh, here's here's a. I don't know if this is a hundred percent why, but Kevin Na's caddy is a big Yankees fan. Okay, maybe made him a. Maybe there's a bet involved or something like that. You know. Kevin Nas caddy also has caddied for a, a, a lot of a lot of big big names: Lee Trevino, Gary Player, Ray Floyd. Hey, so maybe with Kevin Na wearing shorts now, that his caddy wears the pants in the relationship. Yeah, maybe. Hey, we put maybe. out a uh, we put out a call on Twitter and stuff, and on Instagram. Um, you know, just through my personal Instagram account, but uh, on Twitter, you can follow us at leave underscore the underscore pin and send us messages. And one of our followers, uh, Jay Day, who on Instagram is jason.night.585. And he said, you know what, you guys should do a local roundup. So people from around the country or wherever they're listening to can kind of get an idea of, you know, the type of golf you guys play. Uh, because, you know, what we play or what I play specifically is I would consider mountain golf. You play a little bit different version of Northeast golf. And that's completely different than like in the summer when I'm playing down south uh, or what people play on the West Coast or what people yeah, play. Yeah, play down in Florida. Right, exactly. So – I thought, you know what, that's a pretty good idea. Maybe it localizes us a little bit, but at least it gives our local audience um, something to kind of hang their hat on. And it gives the people outside of it, and like our listeners in Korea, shout out to them. It gives them an idea of what we're doing here in the States. Yeah, our our, our one fan in India. Yeah, yeah, that's our boy. I love it. I love it. Whoever you are, thanks for listening. Appreciate. So I, 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 I turned it right back on him. And I said, well, dude, I could go all day about that. But why don't you give me what your favorite or toughest local hole is? So he went with this little nine-hole course by me. Okay, And you've played it a ton of times too. And mm-hmm. the place is called Indian Mountain. It doesn't close. It stays open year-round. When I, there's I, no one there, you shove money I, through the door. I think you and I once played there the day after Thanksgiving. I would in, not in, doubt it. In like 16-degree weather. I have played in all conditions. Usually, nowadays, you know, I've been a little bit blessed to to be able to play some better courses, not have to pay for them. But back in the day, it was always my go-to first round of the year type course, cheap, ten bucks or whatever. You know, my my kids have played it and stuff, but I mean, heck, they're spoiled in the, the courses they play nowadays, uh, more so you, than like when you and I grew up. You have a hole in one there, don't you? I, it is my only hole-in-one there on the eighth hole. That's a good story for another time. Okay. Another time, that is a great, great story. Uh, but yeah, but Indian Mount holds a place that's near and dear to my heart. And you can just hoof it. You don't got to use a cart. Like I said, it's nine holes. There's two sets of tees on every tee box. So you can have a little bit of variety. And uh, it's a guy 
and his wife that run the place. I'm not going to lie. I played there in December this year. It was getting a little bit rough around the edges. But if someone had money to put into it, <clears throat> two, three hundred grand, and the routing is pretty decent, aside from the first four holes, which are just back, forth, back, forth, then you climb a hill and you go to the back side of the property. It's all elevated. And there's two great par threes, big elevation changes, a little bit of difficulty here and there. But Jay was talking about Indian Mountain number one. He said for his money, it is by far the hardest get out of the car, hit a tee shot, play a hole, hole that there is. And look, we're not tour pros, right? We don't have time to warm up before the round. Usually, we get out of the car, we get our shoes on, we pay, we take three or four swings, and we're off. I mean, they used to have an awesome little par three course, and the longest hole was like 65 yards. And they kind of let that go to hell, and now it's just all grass, and the earth has kind of reclaimed it. Kind of sad to see, but it is what it right. is, and money being money, you know, they couldn't keep it up. So this hole has complete woods and a creek and out of bounds on the right side. It's a big dogleg right. There are a ton of, I mean, am I exaggerating when I say 60-foot pine trees on the left? Uh, no, you're, you're not exaggerating. Right, a big row of pines. The whole entire hole goes left to right, and then the green slopes from left to right. So, I mean, the green is tiny. The green might be 2,000 square feet, if that. I, and I don't even think it is, honestly, now that I think about it. The green's probably 900 square feet. I think it's as it's slightly larger than the tee box. Yes, that, that you are not wrong. If you had to measure it in cars, how many cars could fit on the green? Six? Uh, yeah. Small cars. Right? Yeah. Six kind of small, compact cars. So that gives you an idea of how big the green is. And then there's an enormous hill on the left-hand side of the green, which you would think would help you. But anything hit not on the green and off to the hill slopes so hard and kicks so hard that it's impossible to hold the green because the green also slopes left to right. Yep. You've got two unkept bunkers in the front, and obviously they just become free drops because they're basically ground under repair. Uh, I think last time we were there, and the last time I was there at least, uh, one of them was just full of hornets. Uh, that is correct. And then there's a small pine tree about 20 yards out to the right-hand side of the green. Now, the pine tree used to be small 15 years ago. Now it's like a 30-foot pine mm -hmm. tree. So it creates a chute that you have to hit into on the green. Now, on top of it, it's your first swing of the day, and the hole's about 410, a little bit uphill. Yeah, it's, it's probably, well, I guess other than nine, it's probably the, the biggest boy hole on the course. Yeah, yeah. And when you are not warmed up and you are not loose it becomes an absolute beast so jay that's a great point number one hole at indian mountain in kresgeville pennsylvania if you're ever in and around that area hit us up and scott and i'll come and play around with you and show you the course maybe even caddy for you yeah i was gonna say with a lot, with a lot of local knowledge at indian mountain yeah well especially in the on, greens too yeah on this podcast definitely <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey, so so big ups to our man Rory Blackleroy, who again just messaged me and said, "Hey, I'm not into podcasts, but this Jason Gore one looks dope as hell." <laughs> so now I'm a subscriber, dude. Greatly appreciated. And any time that you put out another music video, we will 100% give you some love on Leave the Pin In. Scott, anything to finish up with? Uh, no, I think that was. That was pretty solid. We definitely, definitely had a lot of good stuff to talk about. Yeah, today. without a doubt. So, people, tune in again on Sunday night when we're going to have our WGC Mexico review at Chapultepec. But more importantly, hopefully, on Sunday night, we are celebrating a Jason Gore win at the Puerto Rico Open. Uh, if he wins, I, I think he should just bring us around. Well, you know, just. As his hype man. I'm down with that. Although I think he's probably just going to go back to selling insurance. 
So could we be hype men for his insurance company? I'd gladly do Without that. Without a doubt. All right, Scotto. So we'll see you Sunday night. All right. Hit them straight, guys. All right, people. Definitely. All right, get busy golfing or get busy dying. Thank you.